Nice to see you all. Nice to see all the new faces here too. BCC would like to give you a very warm welcome once again. <laughs> Echo there. Praise God. Well, I hope you had a really great week. Except Pastor Brian must have had um, a, a tiring um, journey to, um, to come back down here to Phuket. I actually accompanied him on the way to Chiang Mai, um, myself and On as well. We had this um, annual general meeting with the Assemblies of God of Thailand. And um, it's a long way, I can tell you, if you have ever driven from Phuket to Chiang Mai. It's a long way. And if it's even longer to um, come back down again. So <laughs> pray for Pastor Brian that God will refresh him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just before I start, I would like to um, give this time over to God just to, you know, pray and ask God's spirit to move among us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity, opportunity to come to your throne tonight, Lord. Father, I thank you that you have the desire to bless us, the desire to speak to your children, the desire to touch our hearts, oh God. And Lord, tonight you are our guest of honor. And we give this time over to you, Father God, for you to speak, for you to come and move inside of us. Lord God, the way we come, we came here tonight, oh God, we may have come with so many things going on in our mind. But right now I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will remove all those things, oh God, that Lord, we will be able to give this time over to you, Lord, for you to speak, that our hearts and soul and spirit will be so receptive to your word, to whatever that Spirit of God wants to speak to us tonight, oh God. We thank you again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but as I watch that part of the DVD, you know, my heart just kind of, whoo, you know, got that feeling that God, you know, you know, I have so much desire to see thousands and millions of people in Thailand come just to give honor to God like that. And as for you here, you may be living here, you may come here for holiday, you know, but as you are the believer, the believer of Jesus Christ, you know, I believe that you also have that heart desire for your nation too. Amen? Amen? Am I speak to the people who are still alive? Amen? Thank you. Speak back. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, in the last couple of months, can you reduce a little bit of that echo? I feel like so many hundreds of knocks speaking behind me. <laughs> As I've been praying and seeking God in the last couple of months, and uh, it's just amazing how different things kind of came together. And just two weeks ago, you know, as I was praying for Thailand, and um, God really challenged me with a question. You know, God said to me, you know, I want to be so much welcomed, you know. I want to be welcomed in Thailand. Will Thailand welcome me? Will Thailand welcome me. And as I was listening to that, you know, those words really just cut so deep down within my soul and spirit. So much, you know, it was as if I was hearing the heartbeat of God and his desire to be welcomed, to be glorified among this nation. 
You know, we all like to be made welcome wherever we go. You know, and PCC, we do try every way possible that, you know, anything that we can to make you guys feel so welcomed. Because it's great to be welcomed in, amen? Amen? So I would like to give you, the new people, a very warm welcome again tonight. <laughs> Have your hands. <laughs> and, um, you know, for me, when, whenever I go away on, you know, I travel now and again to the meeting and different things, not as much as Pastor Brian, because, you know, he's up there and he's got a lot of uh, meetings to attend. And um, I do have meeting now and again. And um, I don't like to kind of be away from home um, for far too long because I miss, miss my hubby. I miss you guys. I miss my dog. <laughs> but it's nice to be able to come back home and receive a nice welcome you know, from home. Like the other day when um, we came back from Chiang Mai, I had a really nice welcome from my husband. You know, there was some nice plants of what um, flowers um, and uh, a nice card, nice insect biscuits. If you don't know what that is, ask me or Dave. You know, I never know that that kind of thing existed until I, you know, married. Insect <laughs> biscuit. If you want to know what it is, yes, he wants to know too. <laughs> Give him some. <laughs> so that was so nice, you know, to be made so welcome, and uh, not just. A husband to, you know, welcome you, but I had my dog as well to welcome me, you know. If you have ever seen my dog, you will know that she has a very good ability to jump as high as you want her to jump, you know. She is what? She's nuts. Yeah, she's very nuts. But at the moment, I'm not quite sure whether um, she's fat or she's got worms or she's pregnant because she's got a big belly and she can't really jump like how she was able before. So kind of, you know, the level of the welcome kind of gone a little bit downhill at the moment. I hope she will come back to normal soon. But, you know, just to see that how she can be so consistent and welcome me back at home is like as, you know, if she could talk, she would be saying, oh, I'm, I'm so pleased to see you and it's so good to have you home, blah, 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 you know. And it's good to be made welcome. It's good. It's nice to be made welcome. But on the opposite hand, just think about, you know, if you go somewhere and you feel like you're not so welcome in that place, it's awkward. You know, it's kind of strange, mm, who, what am I doing here kind of thing, you know. It's, it's not a very nice experience, right? And I was thinking about that and thinking about what God spoke to me. And, you know, imagine how God would be feeling when he is not welcomed the way he deserves. How God would feel when he is not welcomed the way that he deserves. In the Bible, you know that a few occasions, Jesus was not made welcome. Even since the time of his birth, no one wanted to welcome baby Jesus. No one whatsoever apart from the few animals. And later on in his ministry, no one wanted to you know, welcome him, people from his own town. As you could read about, you know, they refused to welcome him. And it must have hurt the heart of God. Now let me tell you this. Jesus wants to be welcomed into our hearts. Can you agree with me? Amen. And uh, the title of my message tonight, Have you really welcomed the King of Kings? 
Have you really welcomed the king of kings? Have you made the king of kings feel at home? Now, on a national level, Thailand has not yet given Jesus a proper welcome. But I don't know about you, you know, as for me, I want to see that changed. Amen? I want to see that changed. I want to see this nation giving glory to the King of kings, to the Lord of lords, that no longer shall they worship the false gods, no longer shall they close the door on him, no longer shall they turn away from him, but instead they will open up their hearts and welcome Jesus in. Amen? I was in awe as I was thinking and praying in responding to his words, to his challenge. You know, for God to be welcomed in any nation is an awesome thing to happen. As we've been hearing all about transformation that has already taken place, you know, you could see in the video earlier, you know, so many countries are experiencing transformation and I'm kind of a little bit jealous, you know, when is it going to be my turn, you know? And um, I believe that national transformation is the result of a nation welcoming God. Amen? National transformation is the result of a nation welcoming God. Just like ourselves, just think about the first day that when we welcome Jesus into our heart, when we say, yes, Lord Jesus, come and live within me. You are very, very welcome to dwell within this heart. And that's when God starts to make a change. That's when God starts to transform us from the inside out. That's when the personal transformation starts happening. But you may ask, what can we do to see the nation welcoming God? I ask the same thing to God. What can I do to see this nation welcoming you? And the answer is, you know, nothing new. We heard this before. The spiritual climate has got to change. The spiritual climate has got to change and that's why we've been receiving the teaching on this very important principle. If you come here very often, especially in the last six months, you probably kind of um, um, know this by heart now. And I say, when a Christian speaks peace over the lost, the spiritual environment changes for the better which eventually leads to opportunities for meaningful spiritual conversation and prayer. Notice, it starts with when a Christian. When a Christian. Not just when anybody, but when a Christian. When you, when me, start, you know, speaking peace. That can lead to spiritual climate being changed. When you and me start doing something. And this is why you and I are the key instru uh, instrument for God to bring about transformation. The last couple of messages that we have heard either from Jill or from David have been a good reminder of how great God is and who we are in Him. They are all about what God has imparted into us, what God has done for us, and what are we going to do about what God has given? What are we going to do about what he has put into us? What are we going to do about it? The message tonight will hopefully remind us once again of how powerful and effective an agent of change we can become when we welcome Jesus into every part of 
our being. And I'm not talking about welcoming Jesus, just, you know, becoming a Christian, but I'm talking about welcome him into every bits and pieces within you. So the question I want to ask you tonight, is Jesus welcomed into every part of your being? Have you done what it could possibly take to make sure that Jesus is welcomed in your life, in your family, in your home, in your office, or in your community? Let me point out to you a few things that will be evident when or where God is welcomed. These are the things that you will see when God is welcome. Number one, there is worship. When God is welcome, there is worship. Can you agree with that? Amen? When God is welcome, there is worship. In the Bible, no one is better known as a man who loved worshiping God than King David. David was reading about the verses that King David wrote. You know, early on as he led the meeting. And those words just reflected his heart. You know, I love reading about David's life and, you know, the, the book of Psalms, just full of so many kind of, you know, as you, as you read it, you can feel that, oh my goodness, this man, he was just so in love with you and, and uh, you know, the desire, the passion that he, he just wanted to get closer to God and the passion to want to be, you know, um, in the presence of God so much. In Psalm 27, you know, um, when he said that he just want to be, you know, just sitting there and just watch God and see the beauty of God. You know, he loved worshiping God. David loved being with God. And uh, that's one occasion. And um, if we read from 2 Samuel chapter 6, I'm not going to go into, you know, different verses. Just go and read it at home, I'm sure. It will be something that can really bless you. But it's a very um, significant chapter because on this occasion, David ordered the Ark of the Covenant to be brought back from the house of Obed-Edom to, uh, back to the city of David. And um, in those days, as you know, that the Ark represented the very presence of God. And for years, you know, it had been in different homes, different places, at first, it was stolen by the Philistines and then was moved to different homes, you know, for years. It was, it was, not, be, it was not in the place where it's supposed to be. And uh, for the Israelites, you know, the Ark of the Covenant was like the heart of the nation. So when it's not put right in the, the right place, it was like something very big was missing. And um, after a few incidents took place, it was finally brought back to the city of David, and David was so joyful to Samuel. Um, chapter 6 said that David was so joyful, so happy that he and the whole nation, you know, could welcome the Ark of the Covenant back again. And uh, the Bible says that David and the whole house of Israel worshipped God. Everyone was so excited. There were, some were dancing, some were shouting, some were playing the trumpets and, you know, all sorts of things happening because it was so happy, you know, to, to receive the ark. They were so happy to, to actually get, you know, something that was something that represented such a presence of God. I don't know about you, sometimes when we come to church, you know, and we come kind of um, worship God, you know, and it's kind of, some, sometimes I feel like, 
these people, something's missing, you know. You, know, you, you need to really express your heart to God and just, hey, you are not just in front of the band, but you are actually in front of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when you sing or when you do whatever, when you, you know, worship him, do you actually give the very best to the King of kings? Do you welcome him the way that he deserves? Do you welcome him the way that he deserves? So David and everyone was worshiping God, but except one person. The Bible tells us that um, David's wife, Saul's um, daughter, Michal, how do you say her name? Michal? Michal. Michal, the daughter of Saul, David's wife, she instead of worshiping God, she rebuked David for the way that he had exposed himself before the people. Now imagine being David at the moment of his greatest spiritual um, experience with God, welcoming God's presence to his own home, only to be met by the curses of his own wife. That was, you know, kind of, oh, uh, you know. But as you read later on, David actually replied, you know, that he said that, you know what? I would be willing to make myself even more undignified than this if that means that God gets the glory, if that means that God is made welcome into the, into the nation, into my life. How many of you agree that when we are before the presence of the Almighty God, there is nothing else better that we can do than to worship Him. Amen? Amen. There's nothing else better that we can do than to worship Jesus. Worship God. See, when, when you welcome Him into, a, into your heart, God is supposed to be sitting on the throne and everything, and you must bow in worship unto Him. Worship is not just the way we play the music in this church. You know, sometimes the sound goes really kind of you know, you get that kind of big bang now and again as if you're thinking like oh, the rapture is going to take place or something, you know, it's kind of, ah, what's going on? You know? But worship is not all about um, how is the guitar player like, how is the pianist like, how is the, that person like, <laughs> how is the drummer, you know. It's not about how we raise our hand, it's not about how we sing, but it's about how we live our life, amen? It's about how we live our life, and I believe that you... And I want to see our nation welcoming Jesus with a great celebration and worship, amen? But before God can be worshipped by our nation, before God can be worshipped by our nation, He wants to be worshipped at the throne of our hearts first. Do you agree with me? He wants to be worshipped in the throne of our hearts first. It's just like what we have heard, you know, about speaking peace. How can we be speaking peace over the people when we ourselves don't experience or we don't know how it's like to have that peace in us? How can we be blessing other people when we ourselves don't believe that we are blessed? And my challenge to you, how can we be praying, God, set this nation, set these people free from worshipping false gods if we ourselves still haven't yet given him through worship from our own heart. 
Psalm 24, 3 to 4, was written and was sung by King David when the Ark of the Covenant entered into the city. And verses 3 and 4 say, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and pure heart. What's David saying here? David understood the true essence of worship. It's not about singing, not about dancing, actually. It's about the heart. It's about the action. It's about everything, you know, that we do in lives. For a few weeks now, and uh, actually, Bernadine was sharing this with me uh, earlier about the same thing that God has been impressing on her, and it's quite amazing to see a different thing, kind of, you know, when, when God speaks to you, He doesn't just speak to the to the preacher, but he speaks to the different people to actually confirm it. And um, this has also been the prayer of um, Bernadine, and it's also been a prayer for myself as well in the last, um, last month. Um, and Psalm 19:14 it says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Once again, David really understood the essence of worship. See, worship is about pleasing God without action and attitude. Talking about pleasing God here. It's an awesome thing when God is pleased with us. You think about it. It's an awesome thing when God is pleased with us. I'm not trying to, you know, tell you that, oh, we have to earn the grace, we have to earn the favor. But for us, you know, as we live our life, we want to worship Him, we want to honor Him. And it's awesome to be able to, to please our King of Kings, to please our Maker. And um, the Bible said that without faith, it is impossible to please God, right, in Hebrews 12. And about our word, when we speak with faith, when we pray in faith, that is a great way of worshiping God as well. You know, when I thought about this word, I thought, you know, when I read it earlier, I thought, oh, it's the, it means that, you know, we're supposed to keep our words pure and clean and not to say any bad thing about other people. But lately, it's just like, you know, it kind of, um, like the revelation, that it kind of came to me that actually it, just, it doesn't mean just that actually means also that the words that you speak can be worshiping God as well. Because if you think about worship, it means to magnify God, right? To magnify God. And by how you speak, you can either magnify God or make God really small. Right? So when we speak about God with faith, believing in our heart, you know, when our words are spoken in faith, they are pleasing unto God. And as we have been listening to, you know, the teaching on blessing, blessing, you know, speaking a blessing onto people's life, we've got to do it with faith. When we have faith, it pleases God. And God can do, you know, God can answer our prayer. You know, it's most likely that those whom we pray for, they probably don't have so much faith. But who cares? This church, this church you know, we teach us if we have faith then we can expect God to do great things. Amen? Yeah. Remember um, Joey, was it? 
Remember the, the testimony of Pastor Brian shared Joey, the taxi driver in the Philippines, as he prayed for that gay um, um, bar manager. You know, he was um, having some trouble and, um, you know, and Joey said, oh, I want to pray for you. And the manager said, oh, it's okay, I don't believe in God. But he said, who cares? I believe in God, you know. And the same with us, you know, if we believe. God is pleased with that faith. And if we speak out the words of God, you know, with faith, that pleases God. That pleases God. Through us, God can show his power to those people that we pray for. The question to you tonight is, have you welcomed Jesus into those areas of your life where your faith is lacking? Remember, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And worship is all about pleasing God, pleasing our King of Kings. Amen? So, why God is welcome, there is worship. What else? Why God is welcome, there is vulnerability. In John 12 and John 3, you can go back and read this yourself. How many, how many of you really know that when God is welcomed, there's more room for God and less and less room for us? And when you listen to this, oh, you might not like the idea. But... Let me explain a little bit more. You know, when you welcome guests, you know, to come into your home, it's nice to be able to welcome people as nice as how you like to be welcomed, you know. It's nice to have guests around. And the other, was it Wednesday? We had a few people around at our home, and we done Thursday. We uh, had um, the core group meeting. And, um, you know, your leader, they don't just meet together on Wednesday. They actually meet a little bit more often than that than you realize. So um, they great guys, great people. So um, you know they do all this meeting just to basically help you all to continue to grow in God. So just encourage them. So they had this meeting at our home, and um, I was there, and um, it was so nice to be able to just meet and feel welcome. And when they, when you have guests, you just want to do your best. And we only just been married like um, 20 months. We don't really have you know, kind of the best China of all, or, um, you know, those, those kind of things. We just, all that we had at home, the nice plate was like Christmas plates <laughs> that they brought from, from um, Australia. And you, it's just amazing how many things he brought over from Australia, like the chips or the, um, the pots or the kind of, you wouldn't think that you would have brought those kind of things abroad, but thank you anyway. <laughs> anyway, you know, you just want to present, you know, the best thing to your guests, right? You want them to sit on the best seat on your couch. You make sure that they're comfortable. You make sure that they feel welcome. You make sure that the dog don't go near them and, you know, you know protect them from that kind of thing, you know. And um, in the same way, you know, with God, if we want him to feel properly welcomed, whether we like it or not, it means that every space that we have is going to belong to Him. Every space that we have will belong to Him. It means that you have to let Him govern every part of your lives. God is not going to demand it from us. He's going to wait for us to offer it up to Him. This means that we must be willing to become vulnerable and to God, 
to be willing to open up to him and be defenseless to him. And there are two people that God has really been using to speak about this in my heart lately. First one from John 12, a woman called Mary. Mary, this woman heard that Jesus was coming. And she heard all about Jesus, how great he was, miracle maker he was. And Mary heard, and Mary was so excited, you know, to meet with Jesus. And to, she was just thinking, what can I do, you know, to make him feel welcome? What can I do? What do I have to give to him? And the Bible said that one thing that she had was her jar of the very expensive perfume. That's the only thing that she had, and it was probably something that took all of her life to save up. But Mary wanted Jesus to know so much that it was such an honor to have Jesus there. And she couldn't think of anything more precious than that jar of perfume, even though it meant that she had to break it. So here you imagine Mary, you know, sitting down so vulnerable, not holding anything back. She broke open the jar and poured the oil, poured the perfume onto Jesus' feet. And the Bible said that the oil was spilled out and the fragrance went out and filled the whole room. Imagine the scene. Here at PCC, we pray for God to change our land. We sing the song or the song that we like to sing now and again about the glory of God. Let your glory fall in this room. Let it go forth from here to the nation. Let your fragrance rest in this place. You know the song? Do we realize that for that to happen, something that we hold so dearly has got to be spilled out for God first? Amen? Something that we may you know, think it means so much to us, but God's going to wait. Are you, able to, are you willing or are you vulnerable enough to come to me and let go of those things? As Jesus is made welcome into our lives, as we make ourselves vulnerable to him in every way, as we give him our best, God can use us to become the sweet fragrance that will touch and bless the heart of the people, the heart of the nation. But the question is, have you made Jesus feel welcomed by your vulnerability yet? Another person, John Baptist, John Baptist, whom God sent to prepare the way for Jesus. One day, what happened was, John's disciples came to him and say something like, John, you know, have you heard about Jesus, that guy that you met up with, the guy that you baptized? You know what? I saw him baptizing so many people. I think you're getting a little bit less popular now. It might not sound like that, but you know, kind of. And you know what John responded? John made a statement that shows the level of his vulnerability to Christ. In John 3, 30, John said, He must, he, Jesus, must increase, and I must decrease. He must increase, and I must decrease. John realized that his job was to prepare the way for Jesus, so that the people would give Jesus a welcome, then 
what they would give to John himself. Everything that John did was to point people to Jesus, the Lamb of God and the King who is above all. John said, Jesus is above all. Amen? He is above all. And I don't care if I get less popular. It doesn't matter if it means that Jesus become more popular. It means that Jesus become bigger. I wonder if that's our heart desire as well. See, when Jesus is welcome, He becomes the guest of honor. Amen? He becomes the guest of honor. He's got to get bigger, and we've got to become smaller. That's all that we do, point people to Jesus. That's all that you do, point people to Him. Jesus longs to be made welcome in this land. But he's waiting to be made welcome in our hearts first. We will be willing to become vulnerable to him. Another thing, when God is welcome, there is healing. Amen? Is that a good news or what? You know, when God is welcome, there is healing. Praise God for healing. Hallelujah. You know, we, um, like Pastor Brian said, that we um, saw people getting healed at Kuraburi after we went there. And uh, the following day, we heard that the guy that we prayed for, you wouldn't believe how painful he was. He was like walking like this, and it's been like six months he was in pain. And uh, we prayed for him. You know, we explained that you've got to let God come into your life. Welcome him in. You know, and uh, after that, we heard that he was like, getting on his motorcycle and boom, 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 everywhere, you know, all over the village, you know, just like, oh, I'm okay now and happy again in life kind of thing, you know. And it's just great because when God is welcome, there is healing. When God is welcome, there is healing. And I'm not just talking about physical healing here. How many of us really know that as we pray for transformation, we are also praying for that healing? And as I look around, I see a lot of people who need God to heal them, who need God's healing. A couple of years after I became a Christian, I realized that in my heart I still had a lot of bitterness, a lot of hurt, a lot of hatred for my mom because of all that she did, you know. And um, it was kind of difficult and God has to challenge me that for those hurt and for the bitterness that I had, I had to let God to come into that area as well. Even though at first I kind of, God, don't touch me on that area. It's a little bit sensitive, kind of, you know, just keep the space. But God really just kept working in me so much. You know, I had to let him come into that area of the hurt and bitterness in order for me to experience the healing. And, you know, instead of the hurt and the bitterness, God felt in me the love, the compassion for me to have towards my mom in order to see her coming to know the love of God. And I want to tell you that God's healing is real. Amen? God's healing is real. And you can experience His healing in every way. But it's up to us. And are we going to welcome him into every part of us or not? 
See, as I look around, you know, people in Thailand, I want to see God heal the broken families. I want to see God heal the ruined marriages, corrupted government, the selfishness in the hearts of the people, the poverty and every possible disease in the body, the mind, the spirit, whatever, you know, bring them on and God, you know, please, you know, do it, do it, you know, with your healing power. That's what I want to see so much. I want them to experience the power of God's healing like I did. What about you? God's heart, His heart's design is to bring that healing. When we make God welcome, when we make Him feel welcome, His promise, and that promise you already heard in the DVD is such a great passage um, from the Bible. It's a promise here. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Praise God. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Hallelujah. We're going to have the prayer offered in, our, in this place, you know, next Sunday. So don't miss it. If you are still here, don't miss it. Because you're going to, like Pastor Brian said, it's going to be the, like the biggest um, prayer um, event in the world. So, you know, it's not just that, but it's also as we come together, you know what we're going to pray about? We're going to speak peace into the nation. That's a great thing to pray about, right? We're going to speak healing. We're going to speak blessing. We're going to speak peace. And we're going to see God heal our land. Amen? We're going to pray that the hearts of the people you know, God will change the spiritual climate so that their heart will be opened up, so that their heart will be ready to welcome the King of Kings, the real King. Do you want to see that? Is that your heart desire? That's my heart desire. So my question, my challenge to you, is Jesus really feeling at home in your life tonight? Does he feel at home? Is he, you know, welcomed? Is he welcomed in your heart, in every part of you? Because if that's the case, that's going to have to be true worship out of your life. That's going to be the level of vulnerability in you. That's going to be healing to great news. Amen? So why don't we just close our eyes, bow our heads, and just pray together now. Hallelujah. Let's just think about what God has been speaking to us. I believe the Spirit of God is moving tonight. You wouldn't believe the struggle I had this week just because I'm bringing this message to you. And I believe it's no co coincidence because... I never wanted to stop me from sharing this with you. And, but you know, <laughs> he got the wrong idea because he's the loser, because Jesus has won the victory. And now, you know, these words have been spoken out already. And 
It's up to you now how you're going to do, how you're going to respond to his word tonight. What's the state of our heart right now? Most of you have already given your heart over to Jesus. You said welcome to Jesus on the day that you believed in him, on the day that you decided to have Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But I wonder whether that is still so fresh in you. So I tell you what, it's got to stay fresh. Has got to stay fresh. Having Jesus as the King of Kings, sitting on the throne of your heart. Having Jesus as the Lord of Lords, over and above everything, every worries, every concerns. Is He the King of Kings? Is He the Lord of Lords in your life tonight? Have you welcomed him in a manner that he deserves? I want to just bring that challenge to you and you speak to God right now. You speak to God. Heavenly Father, I just ask you that you will minister to these dear people right now, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit. You are present among us right now, God. You are a guest of honor, Lord. You are here. So I pray, God, the power of your conviction will just continue to work, Lord God, in these people right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Father, come and speak to them. Lord, I know that so many people here, deep down inside of them, they want to see their community change. They want to see their family change. They want to see their loved one change for the better, Lord. They want to see their nation changed. But maybe you are asking. You are asking the question before I can be made welcome in your nation. I want to be made welcome in your heart, in your life first. What's your answer to him? What's your answer to him? Hallelujah. I'd like to just give this time over to Pastor Brian.